0: Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a fiery, frisky, forensic, fact-finding fracas from the finest city's football fans. I'm Tom, and I'm joined as ever by Long Come Norwich founders, John Punt. Hello. Andrew Lorne. hey, And we are delighted to be in the company of former Norwich, Chelsea and Rangers striker, Mr. Robert Fleck.
1: Hello.
0: We're going to look back at the board draw on the south coast, preview the upcoming relegation six-pointer with Man United, but most of our focus will be on the legendary goal-scoring legend Flecky for as long as he's willing to put up with us. See you, Rob. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Looking back at Bournemouth, uh, Lorne was doing something with bricks this weekend at B&Q, so he didn't see any
2: of the game. No, I moved Um, 200 individual bricks, though, and I deserve credit for that.
0: How much is a a brick these days going for? 56p. And where do you get a brick from? B&Q. Okay. Um, (laughs) Podcast gold. Punt. Stop shaking your head, tell us about Bournemouth, because I actually watched the game, did you? I watched the game. So should we talk about the game? Yeah, we can talk about the game if you I, like. I was, uh, I was pleased with the way we started um, after an initial rocky couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. I was pleased with the way we started to bed into the game, um, and then Godfrey happened.
3: I thought we got better after Godfrey happened. Actually, I think, <laughs> not, genuinely, <laughs> yeah, and I, obviously I'd want Godfrey and the team um, come Sunday, but I think pushing Teddy back and then putting Tribal in the midfield just gave us a little bit more of an extra dimension. Um, And what happened off the back of that is we started to go a little bit more direct, so we weren't trying to play out from the back as much because we knew Teddy or Amadou or whoever probably wouldn't be able to do that as well as a Godfrey. Um, And I think we grew into the second half a lot more than we did the first half and probably could have gone on to win it.
0: Do you think that it was a risk to play... A few days after a hernia operation. I mean, I know they're elite athletes, but that to me that seemed like a bit of a bonkers thing to kind of rush him back out for
3: What was the alternative though?
0: Ball well, play Amadou and Teti. Yeah. And that went okay. So, it went alright. Well, yeah. But, I mean, but
2: playing him went alright, but he got second, sixty minutes out of him.
0: That's the that's the second time um that's the second time that tetti has been playing in a game when I've been thinking, Oh God, here we go. Um, and actually, he's ended up both in the City game and the Bournemouth game coming out with, with, with huge plaudits. He's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He's, he's working his way towards it. How far off a testimonial is he? Oh, oh he's done about seven years. Nice. testimonial.
3: Six or seven, yeah. He joined under Hewton, didn't he? He's not
0: played that many games year, though, has he? No, he hasn't. He's had a bit of an
3: injury as well. He was slow to
0: be fully up in pre-season, I think. But you need him for kind of giggles and bants anyway. I mean, like... You can't see him going anywhere else and kicking on. You can't see him doing a Wes and ending up in, you know, New South Wales or anything, or mm. going over to the MLS like a Hux, Can you? I mean, I think it's going to be if Norwich keep giving him contracts, then
1: he'll be back to Norway wherever he comes from. aren't the Scandinavian country, maybe yeah. it's
0: been a long time now. So I don't know how. What's the standard of Norway? Are, are, other than their, their initial Champions League team, do they are they very good? The league, Norwegian league.
3: No,
1: you're I'm, asking the wrong people here. No. Me. I'm asking for <laughs> <a good laughs> place, that? No, it's no, it's not probably a good a standard. It's probably the one Hepswitch is in at the moment. Uh, okay, yeah, well, non-league. So, so non-league. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're currently losing, apparently.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: So, um, did, did you say that someone had a hernia operation in Norwich?
0: Yeah. So uh, Ben had a had a hernia operation uh, two days after the last Premier League game, and then ten days later, then suited up and played again. So I mean. Uh, that's probably the first thing where we will we will we will make a comparison to the year in which you played Um, maybe people would play through a lot more injuries than they do now Um, but at the same time having like an invasive operation yeah. and then being playing again in a fortnight is probably maybe not as, as common without keyhole surgery it's, and all the rest it of it it was
3: keyhole wasn't it yeah with, with Godfrey yeah but my point yeah, is keyhole it's, wasn't it's, available yeah, like, yeah, in
0: two, yeah. was it it was was it? I have a bit seven. How old do you think he is? <laughs> I have a bit seven. I think it's more a case of I don't like, like. have old keyhole surgeries. Yeah, yes. It's I more just, my lack of science knowledge than my
1: flecking knowledge. From brick chat to surgeon chat. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know if there's anybody else done that. Whether the kid has been put under pressure to play because he's been struggling for centre-halves so or whatever, I don't know. I'm sure if he was a player, he wouldn't want to force himself to play and hurt himself even more.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, are, we have been struggling, obviously, at centre-back with an unbelievable number of injuries. And also, I saw that. Um, I saw a couple of people responding to other um, chat on social media about um, you know we should have prepared for this. And you think, well, the only way you could prepare for four centre back injuries is to basically have eight in the the squad. Yes, ridiculous. You know, if you'd have bought all of those extras, then it would have looked insane. Then if you don't get four injuries, then you know no one's gonna no one's gonna get get to play.
1: I I think it's just unfortunate that the injuries are on the one position. It's just one of these things that happen.
0: So seven keyhole surgeries. What, what Something like that. I can't done? remember. What did you have done in, during your career?
1: Ah, I've had broken ribs, uh, keyhole surgeries, and things like that. So on my knees, always on my knees. Yeah, other so, than that, fine.
0: Avid days. Don't, you, don't, you didn't rattle when you came up the stairs to, to, do, to do our chat or anything. So cool. <laughs> no. Um, on the uh, on the back to the, the football of, 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 of Saturday just gone. I still don't see any real cause for concern in terms of relegation battle. Um, I think we are going to be there or thereabouts, bottom half of the table, as we kind of expected at the start of the season. But likewise, whenever you see other, whenever you see other games, that, that almost gives me more cause for, for relief than um, than when I watch the Lawrence games, simply because there seem to be so many teams that are wildly inconsistent.
3: The only thing I'd say on that, and I think I said it on the last pod actually as well, is you've got a poor Manchester United in this league. You've got a relatively poor Arsenal. I know they could have gone third. What was it last night they played? No, Monday, Monday night. Monday night. Um, they could have gone third with a victory, but they look relatively poor. I don't think Chelsea will be consistent this season. And um, what that means is the points are more evenly spread across the lower team. So Sheffield United picking up that result subsequently means that, that you know, it's three points to them that they wouldn't have expected. I think you'll probably be looking at 42, 43 points, which is virtually unheard of to stay up this season. I think we'll do it, I think, but. It's going to be more of a slog,
0: but I think we're on pace for that. Uh, as in, I think the bottom half of the table is on pace for that. Because I was looking today, and it's, it goes four, seven, nine, nine. You know, so you know, I think thinking back to last season, I think it was Palace, wasn't it, that they had no points for, for games mm. and games and games. So to ha- to have the, the team at the bottom of the table only in October already having four points, and then third from bottom having three wins already, or the equivalent of three wins in points, um, I think you're on to something there, Punt You're obviously a football analyst, um, so. Look, looking ahead to you mentioned Man United, a poor Man United team. Um, they started to they started to do a bit better. It seemed um, at the weekend. Um, what What do you think in terms of going into that game, Larny? Are you Are you travelling with uh, expectation of of a potential result? Got more yeah, players back we always, apparently.
2: Well, actually, no, Man City. We didn't travel with potential. Did we? No, um, we, we thought we were going to get smashed. Yes, I think we could win on Sunday, but I think. Rather than just how poor Man United have been so far this season, I think the thing that gives me the most optimism is the fact that they've got Belgrade away Thursday night in the Europa League and then play us on Sunday. And I don't think many teams do that particularly well in terms of long travelling and then coming back and being at the top of their game. And the top of their game isn't that top, is it, at the moment? So I'm fairly optimistic we'll get a result. I am more optimistic we'll get a result on Saturday against Man United than I was at Bournemouth. It
1: is very hard when you're playing Europe and travel. i had done it with Glasgow Rangers, and uh, you come straight back after the game, and then you'd be back in training the next day, then you might have an away game somewhere. I know there's it's not a lot lot of travelling to do, but it's a, it's a point as you're sitting on a plane for five hours, you go to Russia or something like that, and then you come back, and then you got to go go and train. It is difficult, and that might be a good thing in Norwich's favour. I hope so, because we, you almost feel like
0: against those bigger teams, you need there to be an element of uh, a narrative or an element of it to be a bit of a a one-off occasion. So with, with the Man City game, it was almost like because of the injury crisis we had going into it, it was so unbelievably... Um, one-sided in terms of the odds against us that in a way I almost think that maybe played into that we meant we could play with so little fear um, and so much relief because we just thought well everyone's expecting us to get spanked here there was no pressure almost Mm. on on the players at all so I think if if you need something like oh a lot of travel or they've got their star man out or something to, to give us a chance against against the bigger teams but as we said after the Man City result you just can't you can't any longer doubt this manager and this group of players to get a result against anyone oh. I- if they're on their day
1: no I think the biggest factor of that day was is what you say everybody expected Man City to walk over them walk over Norwich but I think the biggest factor that day was the supporters it's the best atmosphere i have ever seen in that heard in that stadium because uh, I was at that game and it was absolutely magnificent if they turn up again uh, like on Sunday I said they'll get behind the players will start again
0: well we had uh, we had a little bit of criticism the, the fans from uh, Stuart Webber um, do you want to pick up on that gentlemen I, I think, think it's right, fair so, game
1: yeah. I think it's
3: absolutely fair game we were complacent going into the Villa game I I, rock, I think I personally rocked up and just thought that we'd do a lot better than we did and perhaps they didn't need us as much as they did um, and we I guess the only mitigating factor with that is and Farker alluded to it after the game that squad was spent they were running on empty there was players carrying injuries and he'd kind of kept that shrouded in mystery prior to the game um, and then Obviously, it transpired that, you know, there was zero left in the tank and they needed us, but we didn't know that until afterwards. Um, So that's a bit of a tricky balance. However, you know, we're trying to create a culture where we're behind them for 90 minutes every game, you know, all the time, making the kind of noise that, as Flecky's just just talked about, for Man City. Um, And how much more
2: enjoyable is it? Yeah, of course it is. To go and watch a game in that... I'd I'd rather have a few beers and have a sing-song. Yeah,
3: yeah, you know, that's... That's what going to football is about, isn't it?
1: But if the managers managers hiding injuries, that's fine, that's great. They've all done it. He should be still out on the Friday night. We want to see in that atmosphere. Please get behind us, mm. you did. we need you. We need tomorrow.
3: And I think I think he did, but I think uh, Aston Villa's Aston Villa who kind of are expected to be down the bottom with us towards the end of the season, and then Man City. It was just it just felt really different, didn't it? it just, you yep. know, you just chipped up, and it, there was a kind of sense of well, Stuart Weber called it complacency, and he's he's bang on the money, but. We need 19 games. Well, however many it is left now, probably 15, 14 games, um, like Man City, because, as you've just said, you know that creates something extra that gives you that fine margin. So, you know, we we can only just say to everyone, we can go all fan police and say we need to get behind the boys now again, and then we need to do it again and again and again until May, and then hopefully we'll be where we want to be.
1: Definitely, because the home form is the most important thing. Mm. They get the home form and pick up a odd point here at Bournemouth, there, what they have done they'll be, they'll be alright
3: what's the secret to beating Manchester United because your team perhaps of the
1: late 80s kind of early 90s seems to always beat Man United <laughs> I don't think it was oh, it's just the point it doesn't matter who they're playing playing against they stopped the rot against Bournemouth they got a clean sheet they didn't lose so they've stopped that now they've got to look forward again and uh, because it's Man United it does put a little bit more mm. emphasis on it that you want to go and beat them because it's Man United
2: everybody doesn't like Man United and uh, I'm sure they'll be alright when you were playing, did you get that sense like in the build-up to a Man United game that it was a different game to Coventry at home or something, was it? That of course extra? it
1: is, of course it is it's, uh, you get an anti-climax like Norwich beat Man City and then they carried on then it's an anti-climax where you fall down if you're playing against the Coventries or the Wimbledon's at the time you knew it was different but because it was Man United who were winning every at time you wanted to go out and beat them because everybody wanted to beat them and that, and, but we were just a hoodoo team for them at that time we still love beating
0: them. Well, we, we, we got we got three points didn't we against them um two promotions ago. That was under was that Hugh and Pilkington, the header? Pilkington
1: header was yeah, yeah And Hewitt.
0: Teddy,
3: away at Old Trafford as well, Teddy Topoke. That was yeah, under that, Alex Neil. Yeah, that
0: was a more recent yeah. one. So we have we have had had some success against them of late.
2: And Leon and Dean as well. Oh, that, that was, Dean a day. Yeah, that was that great. Was,
0: day. Yeah, I mean that that was when that was when you that's the sort of thing you point to and you think if we'd have had Dean Ashton for that full season, like like Huck always says. Um, would have been a very different yeah. result. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's 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 be bold and uh, make some predictions for uh, for Sunday, uh, Lorney. What is the score going to be?
2: Um, I I can't see there being that many goals in this one because I don't think Man United are that good going forward. But I also don't think we're going to score that many. So I will go for a nervy two-one win.
0: Punt.
3: I think it would be similar. I think I agree with you. There won't be many goals. I'd go one-one Norwich.
1: Can't do that. One-one Norwich. Yeah. All right. It's gone one-one as well. You can't do that. Guess
0: what?
2: One-one. One-one. Yeah. Yeah. One-one. Yeah. <laughs> <1-1.
0: laughs> yeah. You, see, you do one-one with us and You do one-one yeah, yeah. with Man United guys. I, I, I take. I take your, um, yeah, your hand off for, for for a draw because I still think with with them and the the history and the fact that the players know that they're not playing. You know, the, the quest that they're playing on the other other team's shirt is different. Um, and I don't know I just still I, I can't believe that they're going to continue to be ordinary all season there's just too much talent in, in that squad really compared to the squad that we've got
3: I think they were, but I think they won't continue to be ordinary for the remainder of the season but I think the factor that will play into that will be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be sacked he must be two or three games away from the boot
2: oh, I don't think he is I think they're going to stick with him because they accept that this season is a complete rebuild but I think the thing that plays into Norwich's hands is they're coming off the back of their best performance of the season so far, and as you saw with Norwich and Man City, there's that kind of after the Lord Mayor Show mm-hmm. type. I mean, if they're going to take get anyone, it again, surely it's, it's, it's going to be us. You know, uh, yeah, you, you, exactly. you would
0: imagine they've they've just done they've just done that against a big one of the one of the big boys. They've revved themselves they've been, up for the big then boys. They've been to Europe, done and, and yeah. you know had all that travelling and, and tried to kick on in Europe, and, and then our only little Norwich, we we won't really need to bother against them. So that's,
1: that, that's so bad we're talking about Man United that they've gone downhill so quickly. That mm. they were luck- That you say how they took on one of the big boys, mm. Liverpool. Yet they're one of the big mm. boys. So we're on a level par with them at this moment in time. That's so why anything, anything can happen on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think this season in the Premier League, um, other than perhaps the Liverpool's and Man City's, and I know ironically that is one of the teams that we've beaten. But with with those exceptions, and there'll be a couple of those kind of bogus results through the season. Mm. I do feel like this is this is much more of a topsy turvy three points could go on any direction from pretty much third or fourth down yeah in, in most in most most kind of games.
2: I'd much rather be playing United at home on Sunday than I would be playing Leicester.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It. Well it's good because we're not and you don't get to choose, so
2: that's fine. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would if, if it turned out that actually we've decloaked the fact that the fixture computer is actually
2: a <laughs> mess, yeah.
0: We've got, the, we've, got, we've got you here, Flecky. Now, you don't like doing media and you don't like talking to, to people, so we're, we're very, very pleased that you know <laughs> Punt's mum uh, and therefore have been, have been willing to come and, can't come and chat to us and have a cup of tea. Um, we've, uh, we've got a, a little bit of business just before we get on to quizzing you about your life, career, times and inside leg measurements. Um, we've got a new fanzine, um, number two, uh, and we would very much like to point you in the direction of alongcomenorwich dot com uh, to pick up your copy or PwC's. Pwcs and it will be available
3: very soon once Launi makes his little visit there tomorrow um, morning at Blades. It so it'll be by the time people are listening to this at Blades in Pottergate, which is the barbers, which is next to the posh trainer shop, I think.
0: But the easiest place to to get it would be alongcomnorwich dot com. Um, and what can they expect in uh, this issue, Fanzine number two, Mr. Punt? They can expect
3: nineteen fantastic articles by some of the best and brightest Norwich City writers out there.
0: Why nineteen?
3: just because that's how many people said yes that okay. I really wanted for the fanzine. Is and, it just and, a, to- it might be a kind Tommy Tribal of, thing? No, 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 nothing like that. Um, interviews with city legend Ian Crook, an interview with former club chairman Ed Balls, um, Michael <laughs> Bailey's written a bit for it as well, Stuart Hodge, who used to do the commentary for Norwich City Football Club, um, Cameron Buchanan's written a bit, Who was the? who's a big city fan, um, Barkley, lower ender, and... Um, and she's found 442. 442 yeah i was coming to that so yeah there's some really buried the delete there
0: yeah. <laughs> i think that's probably her yeah. biggest yeah, yeah.
3: credit yeah so there's some brilliant people in there it's a fiver plus postage so essentially if you order online it's seven pound fifty but we think it's really really worth it so please support it because all the profits will go into the flags you see in the barclay
0: and Lauren, speaking of flags we see in the Barclay, what have we got coming up we can look forward to? Are we making some strident efforts to um, arrange with the club some fantastic more displays to get that atmosphere, jump in, jump in,
2: Well John is because he's much more patient than I am and I get <laughs> <laughs> toys out of the pram. So yeah, John has had some very good meetings with the club. We've got uh, a new design hopefully for Sunday. So we're doing something different on Sunday.
0: We had a great meeting on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is went due, and we went, went, meet, went up people. to
2: Colney and, and, and
0: we've got some very good uh, potential new plans for how we're going to go about arranging said displays and, and having one point of contact to make it much easier for more of these fantastic ideas of yours to, to take fruition.
2: And they're very, very keen now on pushing new stuff like uh, confetti and just i sort of move away so we're not just doing flags every week we're trying to do something a bit different each time or at least occasionally so yes i think progress is being made we'll see hopefully something new on sunday and some really different stuff in the future
0: but the more fanzines you buy um have we got any mugs on the go at the moment got mugs on the go we've got badges on the go
3: so everything will go into the this flags. guy will sell anything yeah i mean just, yeah yeah, hey, yeah i'll that, sell lorny
0: yeah likewise uh <laughs> we will, should we set up a, like a crowdfunder or something or an ebay um for an or, or, take it, auction take lorny out for the night. oh um, a dinner with lorny no Lornie. i to mean, just give him full time like i think joe would be yeah yeah but fact,
2: that's so. a hard sell yeah the like true, dinner true. you can give him back that's yeah bad. okay so i reckon we'd get at least like two three quid you reckon with you reckon, me That's yeah, ambitious
0: yeah but do would they be able to expense back the the meal because you you've got quite expensive taste haven't you so i'd be happy to have a pizza yeah, in in your own homemade pizza oven in your house.
2: I'm not. Well, alright, yeah, I'll make it. That's why, okay. that's
0: why
1: he's got the bricks. This
0: is it. Yeah. So, two hundred of them. So, yeah. So why have you got two hundred bricks at
1: fifty wall.
0: Why are you building a wall around your pizza oven?
2: No, uh, to keep some soil back.
0: Okay. <laughs> where, where, where you're, you're gonna edit this? In my life. garden. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm determined to find out more about about, about these bricks. Mr. Fleck, uh, we've asked uh, some of our Nodgecast friends to ask some questions. I hand you over to Mr. Punt, who's going to ask you some of the best of those questions.
2: He's our very best reader.
3: I may not like the answers, though. (laughs) No, I may not like the answers, but I'm quite good at reading. (laughs) You definitely hold the record now, Flecky, in terms of the amount of questions that we've had. So people are very, very interested in what you're up to and the old days and all of that.
0: Beef. You're also the first guest we've had where more than one journalist has says, how the fuck have you got Flecky to come on your
1: shit podcast
0: when he won't answer the <laughs> phone to the paper? <laughs> <laughs> I, quote. I'll
1: yeah. tell you what, you're right there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they can stop phoning me because there won't get, be no one else now, so it's it. <laughs> okay. You'll be the last interview I'll ever do, guys. So
3: A <laughs> uh, lot of pressure on these questions. Yeah, there is. So the first one is from Thomas Markham Uden from Barclay and Norwich. And he's asked, quite a niche question, what skills from your playing days have been transferable to working in a special needs
1: school? Not a lot, really. Not (laughs) a lot. I think uh, it's just something I've always been involved in. Anybody that knows footballers, they they get involved in uh, charities and things like Mm. that. And uh, they don't publicise it. Um, When I first came here, I got involved in one. God bless them now, the late Roy Blower. And uh, it was just something I was always interested in uh, ever since then.
0: Okay. because they not um, have you not had the opportunity to maybe create space in the corridor by a quick turn or, or be able to there's nothing at all about being a fox in the box, and that, that has come in, in handy in, in classroom situations. I at imagine
2: all. at all times there's one shin pad just lying somewhere unattended in the classroom. No, 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 don't wear shin
1: pads. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, I need that, I need the cricket pad more, you than, more <laughs> than the shin pad at school. Believe me, you were John just coming. Would you that
2: you were just coming to the end of your second stint at knowledge when I started going, and my main memory of you was running up to the snake pit and getting the crowd going, and there always being a shin pad just. Lying somewhere, that I'd just been like lost at some this point. The
1: sock would always fall down, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It so I imagine that's
2: still how you are now in in the classroom.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love going in the cage. There's a kid football cage. We call it the cage, and I love going in there with the kids and things like that. And uh, they just love n- not making me and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's a kid thing.
1: What? What? I can't uh, kick them though.
0: <laughs> no, is I, mean, I don't know. I know about as much about um you know keyhole surgery as I do about education. But I think kicking the kids is frowned upon generally. Um, what you're um, so you're now in this this kind of second career. Uh, at what you, you still have a kick about once a year for a charity game. And yes, you've got, and you've got one coming up on on Friday. Friday yeah. So, so, so tell us a little bit about about that on Friday.
1: Well, this is again for a young girl. It's a few, few ex-Norri City players myself Ant-Hole Millie Adrian Forbes Cedric Anselin uh, Simon Lappin and a few other players are coming along on Friday young girl from Horsford who's got a brain tumour so it was supposed to get played a couple of weeks ago um, but it get cancelled because of the weather so Friday night 7 o'clock the FDC both will be their place because it'll be a great night
0: Fantastic um, you, yeah. so you, you don't play as, as obviously as uh, much once a year yeah so uh, what uh, what time did you start to think um so po- post career so you've already right I'm, i've hung up my boots i know i'm not going to be, be playing anymore
1: yeah
0: what kind of age were you where you actually thought to yourself do you know what i'm, I'm actually quite a lot worse than i was now like what what what, what kind, was it like at 40 <laughs> 42 well, I'll keep digging 40 going going yeah <laughs> but no but you see what i mean like was was there what, what age did you go yeah i, I really am ages sort of caught up with me a bit now or, or do you f- still think you could do a job in league one
1: <laughs> I'm 54 years of age exactly. now. You know, that's what I'm thinking. But uh, I retired. I get forced to retire when I was 32 or 33. So as soon as uh, I was told I had to quit, I thought, right, that's it. My football was over. So I knew then I was done. So at 33, I thought that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. So did you?
0: Ne- did you? Have you stopped playing regularly from that point onwards? Then you've, you've never. No, I used,
1: regular... I used to run about and do local football when I was manager of uh, Galston and this. I used to do things like that. I used to run soccer schools as well. So. I always had a little run about
0: and what was it that what was it one particular injury that caused you to them to say you have to hang up your boots not my back yeah oh right okay. yeah, yeah. and was it a case of this is going to be a, this is going to cause you problems in later life yes stu- and is that yes. like medical advice
1: yes yes so I was at Reading at the time and uh, I pulled my calf which I'd never pulled before went through all the treatment came back six weeks later five weeks later played a game 20 minutes hour hour into the game sorry uh, and my calf just went again so we went deeper and deeper and unfortunately it was my back
0: okay because it's one of those things where the connection and everything like you've got a weakness in one part and it yeah. causes like a muscular
1: no on the head i can still play yeah i can still play in the head yeah but the body the body's shot to bits as you can see Put a lot of of
2: weight on so i'm all right
0: i would love to just be able to play in the head <laughs> that'd be, that'd
3: be <laughs> start.
2: 33 was the same age i realized i was dumb yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. do
3: you want another question yeah go on <laughs> nick hayhoe asks how on earth did you only play for Scotland four times? Is there a story behind that?
1: It's not a story I want to get into, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there, there could be a lot of story behind it, but that, that, that's not something I'm going to get into. It was Gunny. Sorry, guys. It was, Gunny. <laughs> it was Gunny. Gunny didn't play uh, for Scotland that many times. No, that, exactly that was Gun, why. Gunny played about three or four times. Yeah. We we were lucky enough to go to the World Cup, Gunny mm-hmm. and I, and, uh, and I think we were the only two players ever, ever had to pay for it. Pay to play for your country because of the bills that we get sent, things mm. like that. We didn't bother. We were just happy to be there, and uh, I think we were the only ones out the whole squad that didn't make any money. So <laughs> it's you, great. So hang on,
0: what did you get billed
1: for? Ah, uh, phone calls home and things like that. I remember, it was in Italy in nineteen ninety. You know, and it was. Well you remember that, that was Gunny did because that was one of the questions when he was on our podcast <laughs> yeah. and he couldn't remember what, which World Cup he went to I no. was my roommate I sat tell you a story about him <laughs> He had a lovely trip <laughs> That is the next Great question
3: trip. from Terry Westgate It says You used to room with Gunny You must have some really good stories about him Give us your best okay, Gunny story are stories. Okay, Give us your best Gunny story What can I say Without stitching Gunny?
1: him up too badly No, no, no What can I say about Gunny? Quite a lot But I'll think about that one I'll think we'll come back to that one one
3: please hang on then got the same ones twice
1: I can say one of the stories about Gunny is uh, we alluded on earlier we were talking you had Gunny on here a couple of weeks Mm. ago you see and uh, when I first came down here I stayed with him for three months because my house was getting built and uh, for the three months he only cooked once (laughs) and we used to go out every night what did he cook? Do you know, it was that crap? I can't remember. <laughs> I never had it again. I think that's why he cooked crap. He says, oh, we'll just go out and there. And we used to toss the coin. And I think I paid most of them. I lost the toss of the coin. He, he only paid twice. In,
3: In three, three months. Yeah. Oh. That's some coin.
1: Yeah. It was my coin as well. It was my coin. That was the thing. <laughs> I was calling the wrong one. It was a double header.
3: <laughs> We've got, next up, uh, New York Canaries have asked: Flecky used to cup his ear and wave your arms to get the noise noisy at corners. How important is crowd atmosphere to player performance? Which we've kind of talked about. I we about City. Man City yeah. I, th- I think
1: that uh, the crowd. Look, I've, I, I've always always says and I always all do: the, the crowd pay your wages. Mm. So if they criticise you during the game, they can criticise you. That's what they pay. You, they pay for pay that to do it. So you've got to make them make him feel feel part of it and i just used to love love doing that and it was fantastic. And, and the response you got from it was absolutely magnificent as well mm. so i think they're a big big part of the game today
2: why do you think more players don't do that sort of stuff in terms of trying to rev up the crowd because it's very much like all an, robots an island, now, yeah, yeah it's very much an isolated incident isn't it you don't really get players going up to the crowd anymore and really trying to pump them up like you used to no and even in your day th- like you were the one who did it like why don't you think more players do it no idea. Maybe it's the Scottish, bit it comes out in me as
1: well. You know, because you play to win, you're a winner, and the fans come to watch you win. So you got to make them um, part of it, and then it gets into the players' minds. Oh, hold on, they're, they're helping us through, so you get that little step further. Mm. And uh, I don't know why other people don't do it. They should do.
0: I mean, you said about being a robot. I think I think some of the if, they, if they're concentrating so much on. Um, what they're being drilled to do, and concentrating on the game, um, I think that that the kind of robotic element can come out in some of the younger pros, maybe, and, and you mm-hmm. get that when you then do get them in interviews and, and kind of um, mic'd up situations because they're they're so worried that something's going to go around mm-hmm. the world or, or someone's going to have a camera phone out, so you know
1: they, they don't want to be don't want to be caught out. Um, but it's the excitement that your heart's pumping, your head's yeah. going, you, you win, might be winning or you might be losing, and then all of a sudden you say, right, come on. Doesn't matter what you swear on TV. i Who cares? Well, uh, you get picked up with that. But like Laurie yeah. said,
0: when when it does, then when you, when you do, then get a player with that kind of personality. Like I remember Snoddy again, Scottish lad. But you know, Snoddy would fire up the the crowd and have a bit of banter with the crowd at, mm. at times. And they they are the players that you take to. Um, Brady Johnson is another one who we we love in this in this neck of the woods. Um, who who similarly was was probably more beloved. Compared to the actual talent level, experience. yeah, you know, he really contributed to some good teams we had. But we probably preferred him to some of the players in the team at that time, who yeah. were maybe slightly better footballers. But the passion that he clearly displayed and how how into it he, he got, it gets it gets the, the players up. And to to a degree, I do think going back to the Villa disappointment and Stuart Webber saying about about the crowd being a bit flat, you know, before before a ball was kicked, fair enough. However. Maybe because it was the running on empty element, but there was there were some attitude issues I thought on the pitch on on Saturday where I don't think some of the players were really really bombastic, full of full of energy, and there were there they were too many shrugged shoulders and heads going down in individual challenges, not even that, that resulted in goals, and pl- the crowd pick up on that, you know, of course the, 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 you know, and yeah. you, it it does but work both ways, but as we've always said, you put the effort in early on in, in the game because you were doing it in the concourse, so put the effort in in the first few minutes of the yeah. game. And then once you get to a stage like we do with Man City where you're cheering every throw in that goes your yeah, way, you know, cheering every offside like it's a goal, um, cheering a tackle like a penalty, then, then that's kind of infectious. And you go, oh, we're just cheering everything now. We, we know, we're cheering every, every
1: success. I think if you ever noticed when I'd done it, I was probably having a bad game. So I just got to the crowd, come on, get behind us. No. Just was so the shit. No, I'm only
0: talking. <laughs> <laughs> you never had any bad games. <laughs> <laughs>
1: More bad than good.
3: <laughs> Roy, what we got next? Chris Guns asks... Oh, I'm not sure how to ask this, actually, in a, in a tactful way. No, actually, it's Chris asking it so he can take the flack. Um, so he says, I know Flecky loved his chips... Would he have been better today? He's frowning, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> oh, would Chris you have been better today you, on the modern footballer's diet? And more to the point, could you stomach it?
1: Uh, the answer is I didn't eat a lot of chips. It was Chinese. <laughs> okay. And what's your favourite Chinese? Uh,
0: like dishes.
2: Anything, anything. Oh, really? It was it was just yeah, it was a mixture? Yeah, can just a mixture. Whatever gun he chose, yeah. and you pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love True. chips from a Chinese. Yeah, they good. Chinese yeah, shop, yeah, they're, they're the best chip chips. chips, fine, chips. Yeah. They
0: fill, they fill you up. And yeah, I, I see, I don't tend to go chips with Chinese. so I think if I'm having a Chinese, I need to eat food that is at least relatively from China. Even though you know maybe it isn't the most authentic Chinese cuisine we get served in. But you're going Chinese, <laughs> Chinese, no, chip, oh, Chinese, Chinese chips. chips yeah. And you like, dip them in the dip them in the curry sauce or dip them in in sweet and sour sauce. Curry.
2: Curry. I'm not curry them in anything. Yeah,
0: just salt vinegar. Yeah, I'm curry sauce as well. Curry, curry, sauce.
2: curry sauce and curry sauce. Curry sauce
0: all day.
1: But anyway, no, I wouldn't want to play football today. I would not I wouldn't think that I would have had the fun that I had when I when I was playing because hmm. it's, uh, it's anywhere you go now people just take a photograph and do what you have to be careful what you eat you have to be careful where you go. Sorry, I had a good life when I was playing. I wouldn't want to change that for anything. I'd carry on eating my chips as well. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, here we go. This isn't really a question, but I wanted to kind of touch on this. So Ian Gabelli Giabelli, says Not a question, but my mum was such a huge fan of Robert. She called off our cat Flecky. She did tell him once. The look on his face was a picture. Sorry, Robert. So (laughs) now my uncle Barry also had a rabbit called Flecky. So how many people do you bump into that have gone? Oh, I called my cat Flecky or my dog Flecky. There's there's,
1: there's been quite a few rabbits. There's been quite a few rabbits. uh, A couple of cats, but it's it's just. But they've never called the kids after me, so I'm a bit disappointed. I might have gone for Robert. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But no, there's been quite a few. So it's quite. It's quite nice, actually. Quite nice.
0: Yeah. Do you think the Do you think when you were a professional and therefore were able to go out for a drink and, and basically socialise and not worry about it? I mean, we're talking. We're in, talking about animals now. when yeah, are uh, get back to drinking that? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> go <back> to
2: over. <laughs> uh, uh, this is Tom. He'll just go all over the show. Yeah. Let's all just go. let back.
0: Let's go back to chips. No, all right then. No, no, so with um,
1: great TV program.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> what we what we we, we were talking in the week after Madison um, James Madison formerly Norwich player now at Leicester. Well, he uh, he didn't go on England duty because of, of an injury or whatever, and and um, he was excuse, He was snapped going in a casino the night after or the night of an England game that he couldn't play in. Um, and Brendan Rogers was giving him um, trying to give him some slack, saying, "Look, young professional footballers can't go out anywhere. They you know they they're not allowed to stand up too long. Um, they can't go for walks. Have to rest their legs. So you know there, there aren't that many things that they can actually do to pass the no. time, um, and they have to have such set of things. And uh, so." Do you feel that you've got a certain type of adulation, and you were able to have nicer interactions, maybe, with fans because you weren't worried about a camera phone suddenly coming out, so you could have a chat over a pint or a bag of chips with someone saying, "Oh, tell us about the game." I've done phone. that
1: many times, yeah.
0: But you see what I mean? Like, yeah, like do, of do you feel like maybe the players of because yeah, okay, well, you know, it wasn't hundreds of years ago that you played, but the point is, it was pre, it was pre-internet, um, it was pre-smartphone, yes. and therefore, yeah. do you feel that? Your experience of getting fans to love you partially comes from actually we could go and have a chat with them. you can mingle with see, them. Yeah, you used to see the players about out and about even in mm. the late nineties yeah. they used to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, but that's that's the thing. Young kids today they, they can't go anywhere. That's the thing. They're seventeen, 17, that they've got a job now that's it's, it's twenty four hours hours a day. When you when they get scouted, the the clubs go and see where did they go on a Saturday night, Friday night, what do they do at night. Actually, people sitting out the houses, following them about, like mm. private detectives and things, mm. and, and that's wrong. That's that, that's not a way of life for a footballer. they should be allowed to let their hair down and be allowed. The boy Madison, whatever, England didn't want him. He was no use to England, so he had to go back to his club. He like, thought, oh well, I can't play, so I'll go on a night out. But what's wrong with going on a night out?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think I think it is. A, um, th- they're they're taught and they're trained. They're given media training and they're, they're told to be um, you know wary of it. But I. I I personally agree that um, when I when I hear when you hear stories of our oh, so and so went out on the lash and so I think well yeah because they've just played football and they're, and, I, and I've been in plenty of bad but enjoyable football teams mm-hmm. and part of the point of doing it is because you then go to the yeah. pub together after the socialising and, and the, and the yeah. locker room and stuff and you know I'm you know I've just stopped doing just stopped doing Sunday football. Um, after after you know loads of years of doing it, and I'm what I'm missing more than anything is the lads. You know, I don't miss getting rained on. I don't miss don't miss February. You know, eight o'clock in the morning, put my boots on. What what I miss is the jokes and, and the banter and what yeah. have you. So, what I, league are you playing in? This kicks off at eight in the morning. Well, you have to get up at eight when it's I'm cold. Not put your boots on. He's then, so though. keen. He drives. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I get picked. I've <laughs> up. To to, <laughs> yeah, please. Play. i put the nets on already. <laughs> please, sir, come over, go again. I'll try and kick it in the right direction this time. But
1: um, we, we we used to go out all the time. It was great when we used to uh team meetings in the city somewhere but that, that was fine after a game on a Saturday there was always a clubhouse you'd go into and you'd meet your family and have beer there mm. there was always beer there Now there's not there you can drink after it but what, what was good about it if you'd go out then you'd air, air all your shit that you had yeah sometimes you'd be fighting with each other in a, in a restaurant or somewhere mm. just to get out but that'd be it as soon as it's finished that was it it was back to training the next day all forgotten but you can't imagine that happening today
0: so do you, um, who who was the other than Gunny, obviously you lived with for a bit. Who else would you knock about with a lot when you were in that that those, those kind of two Norwich squads that you you were part of?
1: Ah, there was loads where we stayed. There was Trevor Putney, Wayne Biggins, Tony Spearing. Uh, can't remember who else was there. The guy Simon Ratcliffe that used to play. You I said there, there, was, there were many.
0: team meetings. Like so, would that be arranged by the club, and you would take no, it over? No, no, would no, be no the, that would boys lessons. having a day out.
1: Yeah, the boys having a day out, go and have a meal and have a drink. And then after a few beers, the truth comes out, mm. and then I start having little arguments and things like that. And it used to be great. Do you stay in touch with many of them now, or is it like any job no, where I once don't you bother. leave, you're like,
2: I don't care about those people anymore?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep in touch with many of them, any. so I never have done. I had friends outside of football where I hung about with. so I was all right, and uh, football was 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 a passion, was a pleasure, uh, but it was it was always a hobby as well. Then uh, I don't. I didn't need football when I finished, and I most certainly didn't need football f- ex-players being my friends a lot like after it, because you'd be surprised that they're not really friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Another question. Go on. No. Go on then, Howard Schoons next up, and he says, "Great name." Is a really good name, and it, we need to say thank you to him because he always helps us with the flags and the bar play at half time So thank you, Howard. Thank well you, well Howard Cheers, Howard. He asks, how much are you enjoying your nephew's success at Sheffield United? And are you jealous of the money he'll be making compared with your time in football?
1: No. Well, the first question, yeah, he's great. He's done fantastically well. Uh, am I jealous of him? Definitely not. I'm I guess it, he's kind he's of been. said too no. strong a word,
3: but it's a completely different landscape now, isn't it? Where these footballers just won't have to work again. You know, they'll be set for life. Is there not a part of you that thinks God, if I was born ten years later then? Is not
2: that, it's, at all. Is, n- yeah, it's not the at other all. side of that coin, the fact that as you say, you couldn't go mm. No, so the price that you pay for getting that money is not having it's a social not life. Like in therefore, they've not got you a social yeah, life,
1: they can't it. go anywhere, where can they go? But uh, yeah, young John's doing very, very well, very pleased with him, mm. very proud of him. And no I'm not jealous of him at all, not at all. Cool what we got next Winston Gallagher
3: oh I remember this That's as a well good
0: name as well
3: he's mm. a good lad Winston he asks did you ever pay for the Mars bar that you nicked from the old boy with the sweets trolley while playing in gold during John O'Neill's <laughs> <laughs> testimonial match and I
1: remember you doing it do you know the amount of people that can remember that <laughs> is unbelievable <laughs> No, I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't. let me have it, had it for nothing. Good old Charlie. They tossed a coin at Bright page. Yeah. i one and had to nick it. The <laughs> <laughs> like, come out wasn't it? No, I actually didn't. God, the amount of people that ask about that is, and now it's come back into my head. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant.
3: Uh, on a similar vein, you too young,
1: you wouldn't know. No, i not clear what you're <laughs> yeah, What's that? a Mars bar? <laughs> <laughs> remember the old You wouldn't remember the old days? used to have the old guy going round the trolley around, around the outside of the pitch, selling macaroon bars, yeah. mar, Mars bars, and things like that. He was like class. That. And uh, we played in this testimonial game, and I went and gold. And uh, he came run, the balls up and around. I ran off, got Mars but I started. It. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> what did he do? Just look at him. Like they just carried on. <laughs> what could he do? He's
3: not going <laughs> to go on the pitch and I'll go away, hey,
2: mate. With a <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised he did. not
3: <laughs> Bless him. Kind of on a similar theme, we've got this. Can't be his real name. Bear Swift. He asks, Is he, he never do. Could, could, could be are <laughs> using
2: good names, people good isn't names so nice, yeah.
3: isn't It's his Twitter name So it might not be his real name But he was a ball boy For a game between Norwich and Spurs At Carrow Road And you, he was sat behind the goal In the first half Watched as you helped yourself To a swig of Eric Torskvek's Bottle of water and he was not amused, he said, do you remember that? And was it mind games just trying to wind him up, or was it just the nearest? I ain't
1: got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, sorry, I haven't got a clue. Is that the kind of thing, though, that you you try
3: and do, kind of get in people's heads? Because you were a bit a of a wind-up version, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Of course. Of course. you got to get in people's heads.
0: Th- that is another thing that I think is, from, from watching football through the 90s, it does, uh, you know, with your, your Vinny Joneses and, and and all of the other smaller incidents that wouldn't necessarily go ahead, but you'd only see them from from the from the stands. There there aren't 400 cameras. There weren't 400 cameras every yeah. game, but little things like that. I think that is an element of the game again. That that's that's what makes it similar to Hackney Marshes or Sunday yeah, yeah. or whatever. That that's what. That's a side of football that, as a fan, you you appreciate is is getting that edge by stamping on someone's toes and digging yeah. them in the ribs and pulling their shorts down and you know nipping them and all all those sorts of things. What that was your favourite
2: way to wind up an opposition player? Like a foolproof every time, that stand could, on their could, toes at a corner. That could be any centre half. That could be any centre half.
1: But they would do the same, same to me. The first tackle I would get, I knew was always going to get smashed. But then I'd just get up and laugh. They laugh at me like Neil Ruddock. I used to enjoy playing against him. And
2: you just laugh at him every time he'd yeah. go through, you'd just get yeah. up. Yeah, right know. Just have hard argument, yeah. <laughs> just to be fun. <laughs> and how did he react to that? Did it make him hit you harder I'd or did he again. then ease off? No, then I'd get him back as
1: well. So I never shied away in for anything, so I wouldn't
2: bother. Uh, in one of my Sunday league games, I once had a centre-half talking to me just all game, just chatting and chatting and chatting. It completely put me off. It was one of the worst games I've ever played and I just couldn't... Get him out of my head because he was just talking, just about anything like traffic, bricks. weather, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bricks, yeah. and it, it completely put me off. Like it completely threw me.
1: Yeah, well they do that. They do talk a lot of crap, but there well, you go. You just got to ignore them.
2: So going back to
0: so you mentioned Ruddock and you you played at a time where there's some huge characters in the game. So who 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 do you remember being a particularly Either fearsome opponent or someone who you know. Okay, I know I'm going to be up against him, or he'll be one of the two centre backs this this weekend. I'm going to be in for it here, like real challenging players you played against in that year. Well, you
1: could go back to the Wimbledon days, can't you? Was it John Skills and yeah. uh, was it Eric Young? Doesn't really. It's your generation, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was laws. You'd Gary Mabbitt as well, Terry Fennick and oh, Gary Mabbitt was, it was rough. Hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then agricultural
1: you, you, you Liverpool yeah. players as well Hansen and people like that and yeah. Gillespie's and it didn't matter what St. Javier were up against there was always one that was going to smash you and then as you say you get one that would talk to you and try to be your friend knowing that you're going to get smashed again so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can yeah. I go back to the the guy drinking the water yeah Eric who's, yeah. who's he uh, not disrespect So he was a Spurs, he was Spurs Backup goalkeeper. Ah. He? No I think he played he I thought he was Backup to Ian Finnish
2: Yeah somewhere. but it was Backup to Ian Walker Wasn't he Around that sort No he was pre-Ian Walker Yeah right? no this He was that like must early been, Early yeah, 90s Yeah Ian Walker's
0: Like late 90s I remember him But I think 90s 90s
2: I remember 90s. 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 Big lad Like Bond
3: Yeah Yeah But he still can't remember Drinking his water Stole his water
2: Mars bars you're stealing Water you're stealing
3: This is from Instagram, um, so I don't know your name, but it says a million toms, and he says, and I've heard this as an urban myth before as well, that when you were playing for Reading against Ipswich, rumour has it that when you scored, you removed your Reading shirt to reveal the Norwich one underneath. Can you confirm if there's any truth to that tale?
1: Yeah, it's. I played against Reading in my debut at Portman Road. Mm. Didn't score, and it was was at Carroll Road where I'd done it where we warmed up where we used to warm up mm. when I played for Norwich yeah it was against it so we used to warm up we used to have our names on the back for yeah. warm up tops. so I says to the boss, says, right we'll go out, we'll have a laugh watch me have a laugh so I put w- my name one underneath and then I put a blank one on top so they ran out and so they all start singing stacking me a bit of like who the F and L are you so I go I got oh, you wanker you, who the fuck are you and are sort of <laughs> so I took the top off with my name <laughs> That's me <laughs> <laughs> that was great fun <laughs> and John watt was just standing witness himself laughing,
3: <laughs> and you just talked about coming back, so Sam Pitcher asks, how was it coming back after the move away, and what was the major difference between perhaps the you know a team that you'd left that was really really successful and then a team that was perhaps struggling a bit at that point
1: it was it was uh it was always a, always my choice to leave norris i, I that had been on for two years me, me going to Chelsea so it wasn't a spur of the moment thing that had been on for two years mm-hmm. before previously leaving and to come back that had been on for another six months as well and it just took its time and coming back the difference was probably Mike Walker had a team that ran himself so they didn't really mm-hmm. need the manager the only thing he'd done really good when I left was by Mark Robbins mm-hmm. who came in and done absolutely fantastically well for the club but the players actually ran the team The team has just been there for years, Mm. all the guys, and they ran it, so Mike Walker was really lucky to get them. Uh, Coming back, Martin was there, and then there was just a completely different feel. weight. He was a different man, different training methods. Mm. And uh, when I came back, again, i go back to, you go back to your knee injuries. I was struggling with a knee injury, but I was playing, I was all right. I could still play 100%, and Norwich were a bit he and hawing about whether to get me back. After going through my medical, and Martin turned around and says to me, "Robert, can you play?" I says, "Of course, I can play." I says, "I won't have any problems with any." He says, "All right." He says, "I want to sign them and he signed me." And uh, the training methods were completely different. Mm. It was back to old school and things like that. And uh, he was uh, just an honest guy. Mm. So Martin O'Neill's training methods were more old school than Mike Walker's. Yeah,
0: really. Was in, in what in what in what regard? How were they more old school? I,
1: I, because I think. As I say, the boys ran the team. Mike would come out and say, right, this is what we're doing and go through it about what we had to do. And I can remember at times uh, the boys arguing each other and saying that and then, oh, always disagreeing. And things like that. No, this is what we're doing. We'll do it this. We'd get together, some of us, and say, right, we'll do it this way, which is the right thing to do. Uh, but with Martin, it was you knew where you stood. You're like, right, this is what you're doing. You're going to do this, do that. Don't change nothing. And uh, he was quite a
2: hard man. Do you think he was... Had taken what he had taken from sort of Brian Clough and had basically just replicated that. Yeah. I,
1: I, I think he probably had, and uh, I think he played enough games and he all around the world with Northern Ireland that he's picked up a few things as well. But what he's done with Brian Clough as well is like I'm the boss. This is what we do. Uh, he wouldn't come out. is uh, it uh, Paul Franklin and there was another uh, Steve. O- I can't remember his name. It was. It's just, they would come out and take a warm up and thing like do all the training. And then Martin would come out about an hour later, right? He says, Right, this is what we're doing. And I'm unfortunately just... he left, didn't he? When we were in a good position to go up. He did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we kind list. of up towards the top of the league that and was, then yeah. That is the
0: first that's the first departure that I remember feeling uh knowing enough to feel really angry if you see what I mean so so, uh, we, were, we were as players as well yeah so, so previously to that I hadn't you know, I was too young to really get it and it was just a case of, oh that player like, doesn't here anymore or yeah. whatever um, whereas with that I, I, I knew enough about the fact that oh this is you know we were really we had some momentum we were really we were really rolling so was it a shock We were, like, yeah, had that built up yeah, or was yeah.
1: that out no I think we, there was there was always whispers but you never expected them to do it and yeah uh, I think whatever uh, what the cause was, I, th- I think that like, it was Dean Windass or something. It was because yeah, of him. I mean. Yeah. But deep down, when you think about it, I don't think it was because the, fall, the ne- our next game was against Leicester two days later, and then we went there and then you found out who's getting the job.
3: Mm. I so remember the fans singing this,
1: to each other you know, like, we, "We're nicking your manager." Or whatever. it all yeah. came out on the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, 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 there was a lot more to it than that.
2: And how do you then react as players? So you come in on a, on the Monday morning after the Leicester game, and you hear that he's gone to Leicester what That's before the game. Okay, and then, but then you're, you're annoyed about it. You, you didn't want him to go. So how, how does that kind of manifest? Does, is there conversations where the players will go to Robert Chase and say, what have you done? Or no. You just stick to yourselves and you keep do. playing. we just got to carry on what we were doing. Because at the end
1: of the day, we've we got to try and impress a new manager comes in. Because if we go to Robert Chase, look what you're doing. He's never coming back, Martin, because he was that kind of man. He's like straight down the middle. He wouldn't have come back. For anything, so it didn't matter what any place is, and then I think Gary Megson got a job, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> went well. Great.
0: <laughs> it's a shame it's an audio <laughs>
3: <laughs> Right, a couple more. Then we've got Matthew McGregor, and he wants to talk to you about the oxygen tent that you famously sat in um, prior to there was it the ninety two FA Cup semi final, so you'd got the injury, hadn't you, prior to. Kind of a little bit yeah. before the semi-final, hadn't you? And the club tried to get you fit. So he wanted to know about the oxygen tent. Was it comfortable to sit in? Did it really make any difference? And did you feel like a bit of a dickhead when the club made you pose for photos in it?
1: No, yes and yes. that <laughs> 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 no, happened, uh, I think it was either Neil Ruddock or Glenn Cockrow that broke my ribs against mm. in the quarterfinal replay against yeah. Southampton at Carroll Road and the so the manager says oh you won't be playing till the semi-final it was a stamp wasn't was. it aye yeah I remember it yeah yeah. yeah. so anyway my they come, is
0: furious they, on his feet for ages about that
1: they came, they came up with this idea it right in front they, of us yeah was it sorry that was a great game as well <laughs> a really good game <laughs> it was Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a great game to play you, you, know, you need to look that it up it's one of
0: my it's it one of my earliest understanding like the passion and the rage of my dad um, remembering how furious he was and, and uh, how uh, just remonstrating with the fact because there was nothing done referencing it And yeah. it
1: was after five minutes as yeah. well you know it was so early in the game but then again later on uh, what's his name Letizia got sent off because he tried it as well yeah well he, he he tried
0: like a kick backwards didn't he like, yeah. a, backwards, like a back heel tried, he was it John cle- he wasn't clever
1: kick? enough
3: to do it was it Polston? You know? no he kicked me
0: was it was you again he oh right oh, yeah yeah Maybe there was another... Oh, maybe it was Cantona that did, did, did Pulse. There was all the sorts kick. going
2: on in that game. But you think you come off,
0: you've got broken ribs. No, this is you're like, right, Hang on, can, I think Cantona
2: kicked Pulse then We've off. got three weeks <laughs> until the semi-final. Never thought about the semi-final, I just wanted to win that game. So when, But when you then come off from that sort of weekend training and they're saying, like, we're going to stick you in an oxygen tent, Like what Talk us through that? But Well, the thing is,
1: they come up with the idea and uh, Tim Shepard, the physio, always says, we're, we're looking into this, someone said there's an oxygen tank. No, oxygen Oxygen tank, sorry, It's never been done before at football. Would you want to try it? And he said, I'll oh, we'll try we'll get a player injured. And, and I was like, all right, I'll go on it. And and, and, it, and it's such, you got to get in there for 45 minutes with an oxygen mask on. You're sitting there. And to answer his question, it did work. It did work. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, I didn't play a game before it because there was a reserve game before the semi final at Carr Road, and Martin Crosby came down, who was the Sunderland manager at the time to watch the game. And I asked ask the manager at the time, you've got to play me 45 minutes. you got to play me. I haven't trained mm. for three, four weeks. I says, you're going to play me in the game. I says, I need to get the rust off. He's like, Robert, don't want to, want to, want to pretend you're not going to be fit. So I'm speaking to Martin Crosby, he says, you got to be fit for, for Sunday, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, of course I am, of course I am. He's like, we thought you were. Because him, him and the gaffer were, were friends as well, and the gaffer's telling me, like, no, he's not going to be fit, he's struggling, he's <laughs> only 50-50. And I'm like, I'm fit. <laughs> and it was brilliant. And, and, and honestly, and that's, that's the sad thing about it, I wish I had played 45 minutes because I was shite on the game, and that, that, that was heartbreaking. The only game I've cried over was that game really football yes mm. after I was uh, dreadful is it? Is that? and was that mostly because
0: you felt I didn't I didn't play to my best and maybe maybe would have been different if I'd have I had been 100%
1: it could have been but uh, I still think with the chances to win it, if Chris Sutton was probably another year older I think he would have scored two or three goals Then I think he'd, get, he'd, he'd done really well but he had a couple of good chances and they had one chance I think John Byrne who was scoring every run, wasn't it at that time that's right yeah and uh, he took it and unfortunately we didn't take hours and it was just uh, heartbreaking that, yeah, I was sh- upset with myself because I didn't couldn't do what I wanted to do, but upset for the supporters as well because we went through it a couple of years before. We played Everton and then this one I thought we we were going to get there anyway. But we didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, still haven't got anywhere near. No. Never mind, no, not even close. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, <laughs> not even not close.
0: close. We made a quarter final, not we?
3: In the FA do you camp?
1: want
0: to... Would you swap? Get into the FA Cup semi-final this season? Um, you might can't guarantee whether or not you win it or lose it, but you're definitely going to play in the FA Cup semi-final, yeah. and you're going down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me, me too. Me too, because we haven't done it.
2: And football's about memories. You don't yeah. remember finishing. 17th. You'll remember a day at Wembley.
0: As I've, said, well, as I've said so many times, I feel like I've completed football. You know, I to me, football is like a game that I've played and I've completed. Um, because I've seen Norwich lift a trophy at Wembley in a meaningful game Mm. that was, if anything, bigger than probably second only to the FA Cup, although you could argue on the par at least with winning an FA Cup with how much getting to the Premier League means now um, and the momentum and the fact that came just after beating Scum. um, And so I feel like doing that with Dad means anything now is, is a bonus. So, so therefore, I can kind of choose to be like, well, actually, I'm more than happy to have a relegation yeah, if, if it means we get to go through that cup run because we, yeah. we just really haven't had that. Mm. Yeah, because
1: Wigan done that, didn't they?
3: Yeah, they went yeah, down, did they, when down, they won the they FA Cup? they well won it as well, Yeah, they won the yeah. FA Cup,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Right, a couple more questions. Richard Freezer asks, who was your best strike partner at Norwich? I think I know the answer to this, and he's kind of said it, so I'm not going to...
1: I've spoke to you before about this. Robert Rosario, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, he's most unselfish uh, striker I've ever played with, didn't get the credit he deserved or what was due to him. And he was a very, very good footballer as well. Mm. Very underrated. He used underrated. to get loads of stick off he did. He, he, stick. Did. Yeah. he did, Very underrated. Very, very underrated. And for a, for a big man, he took it personally as well. He hated mm. it. Do you think, like, so
3: maybe fast forward in a couple of years from, from when Rosario went, how do you think you'd have got on with the Chris Sutton at his peak with Norwich is that maybe like a little bit of a regret that if you'd have stayed like a year or two more you might have had that that kind of step into Europe you'd have been playing with Chris Sutton
1: you'd have been doing what Mark Robbins would have we, been doing we would <laughs> I'll go back to that I think uh, it would have been great Chris and I would have been like a good team yeah. not saying we've been as good or as better as Mark Roberts at Robbins I don't think I would have been we would have been I think they were the best pairing I think you're a different player, but, yeah. I think, but you were always really good off a big man. Yeah. And I think Chris I think. would have given you that. Yeah. It would have done, but I don't think I would have scored as many goals as Mark Dan because Mark was always in the box and scoring goals. Flecky off Ewan would be good. And then, yeah, well, Holly
0: Flecky off Ashton. <laughs> I,
1: I'll let you know because I'll be playing with Hawley on Friday again. Flecky
0: off Antoine Sibieski. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: right. Didn't work with Arturo Lupoli, did it? Chris Brown. Wow, Chris Brown. Brown! Bloody hell, he was
3: awful. But the thing is, it, as I said,
1: I was uh, two years known I was going to Chelsea anyway. So, but you say cool. that, so we've talked about this before, and
3: th- it kind of there was a move to Spurs that perhaps nearly came off, and then
1: that was the same same day as I was going to sign for Chelsea. I just respect. I went to speak to Terry Venables, and uh, went to speak to him, and I said, "I'll go to the toilet." But I was no family. I wasn't going to Tottenham my heart was always on mm. Chelsea. And there was what a What was
0: it about Chelsea that had your heart set on it?
1: It's just that the they persisted, they persisted, they persisted in wanting me. And uh, it was I was on holiday in Cyprus two years before I signed for them and they'd sent someone over, they'd agreed a fee and I near enough just did my medical in Cyprus. Then it fell through, then the f- next year we played them, uh, Bobby Campbell, like Robert was still wanted by, he was still here. Next year Ken Ken Bates still wanted me, so so that like yeah, fine, fine. So it was alright and obviously Andy Townsend was there, so I spoke to him quite a quite a bit through the season as well. So it was alright. But going back to that, I went to the toilet and uh, there was a there was there was a press man there who I knew. I asked him what he was doing, and I says, Oh, you're coming to for Tottenham. There's twelve other pressmen through there. And I just walked in and says to Terry Vamos, Thanks very much, but I'm going. Thanks, but no thanks. Dirty. <laughs> That's football. It is. It happens all the time. <laughs> You'd be surprised at what, ha- what happens. We always do this for every podcast.
3: We ask the guests to pick the best question that you've just been asked from the listeners and then they kind of win some Merch merchandise. <laughs> can you remember any of them? I
2: can't remember any of them. <laughs> Money can buy merchandise. Yes. <laughs> That's <all> they win. <laughs>
1: I'll go with Eric said one only because I didn't know who I could remember who he was, so... Forgive mm-hmm. me on that one, Eric. There you go,
3: then. Get in touch if you ask Sorry, that question because I'm not going back through my phone to find <laughs> out who it was.
2: He <laughs> doesn't do admin. It's quiz time. I'm nervous about the quiz I thought you said before he was recorded.
0: Well, given a couple of the anecdotes that Flecky's come out with. You're not going to get zero in the oh <laughs> in, right. the, in this
2: quiz. Um, Which backup Tottenham
0: goalkeeper? <clears throat>
2: <laughs> no, he didn't know him.
0: So he <laughs> compl- does know. I'm I, I com- do know I'm Not <laughs> confident again. <laughs> He's learned. So you have one minute, uh, as you know, because you listen to every one of these, Flecky. You've got one minute to answer six questions. Use your passes wisely, so we can come back round to the start. I predict you're going to get at least three here. Your time. No pressure. After, no pressure. Starts. Now, who scored Sunderland's goal in the 1992 <laughs> FA Cup semi-final? Pass.
2: <laughs> they won 2-0, didn't they? 1-0.
0: One one was it 1-0? One one yeah, John one Byrne. Byrne. Correct. Um, which Englishman is one place above Dwight York in the all-time Man United goal-scoring charts? Andy Cole. Incorrect. Where was goalkeeper Jerry Payton on loan from in the 1991-92 season? Brentford. Incorrect. Which Liverpool goalkeeper has more England caps than Jordan Henderson? Rick Clements correct which player in the 91-92 squad went on to manage in the Premier League Norwich 91-92 squad Mark Bourne incorrect which club no. uh, first team manager which club started life as Thames Ironworks not that clue uh, which Englishman is one place above Dwight York in the all time Man United goal scoring charts oh my
1: god He's English, I
0: haven't got Yeah. But where was goalkeeper Jerry Payton on loan from in the ninety one ninety two season?
1: Middlesbrough. incorrect Time.
0: So you've got two, which is gonna beat these two this
1: week. Jerry Payton's gonna do me. Jerry Payton, Everton. Everton?
2: Yeah. Tem- Irish. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, nice lad. Thames Ironworks must be West Ham. Thames Ironworks
0: was West Ham. I am. Uh you got John Byrne even with a bit of showboating. Uh, David <laughs> David Beckham was the was he, he's he's one like ahead that. of Dwight York. He scored 14
2: goals so really, more than Dwight York. Did you yeah. see how much he bristled at the fact they were showboating in his quiz? fine. Um, i <laughs> think that's worth, know, that
0: f- f- What's going to be good is that he's going to beat you with showboating too. <laughs> yeah. Um Tim Sherwood went on to manage <laughs> in the Premier League. so he
1: did. Yeah, yeah uh,
3: so he
0: did. And you got Ray Clement straight away. Um, so yeah, that's the that's two out of six, which is decent. Now punt. Disappointing. Punt's no, th- no, that's a good score. Do you think yeah. that that's you do you score. think you'll do better than, than two out of six? No, I really As do. As always, I've I made really the, the really questions do. kind of similar, although I've made Hard less effort there. than usual this week. Um, <laughs> oh, on that, on that <laughs> particular point, <laughs> brilliant. So punt. No your time starts now. Name one of the teams Flecky was on loan to from Chelsea. Reading. Incorrect. Who Bristol scored City? a hat trick for PSG against Club Brugge in this season's Champions League? For PSG. Mbappe correct who scored for Everton in Norwich's 1989 FA Cup semi-final defeat oh shit he's Scottish Uh, do you want to win or not Graham Stewart incorrect (laughs) after Peter Cech which Czech Republic (laughs) player has made the most Premier League appearances Pabulski incorrect which former Leeds and Newcastle striker scored the same number of goals as one Sebastian Baron from Man United Alan Smith correct which club started life as Dial Square pass um, name one of the teams that Flecky was on loan to from Chelsea Bristol City correct um, who scored for Everton in, the Norwich, in Norwich's 1989 FA Cup mm. semi-final defeat
3: Kevin Sheedy
0: incorrect after Peter Czech, which Cech public player has made the most <laughs> Premier League appearances
3: so is it Check?
0: yeah after Czech. played for Liverpool
3: oh what's his name but with a long hair
0: that's
3: the one. Yeah, he's got it. Oh, it's not Merrick. Oh, Schmitzer.
0: I'm no, uh, which four? Oh, yeah. It's striker in it. Time. No, no. Oh. I I was it, was it was Schmitzer? Smith. Patrick Berger. No, Patrick Berger. Oh. <laughs> Why <Well,
3: laughs>
0: didn't oh, you give me them questions? Well, How many did I get? Three. Pat got, and Evan. You got three. Uh, Pat and Evan was the Everton player. Yeah. Um, you got plan. Alan Smith quickly. Maybe I shouldn't have given you the Newcastle and Leeds clues. And then Dial Square. Leeds. Are now called... I don't know Arsenal. That's oh, the sort of thing you normally yeah. know. And well,
2: then I thought Woolwich Arsenal. Yeah,
0: well label that as well. Um, so anyway, well, uh, possibly he doesn't research his quizzes, does he?
2: <laughs> I fact check, but by which I mean I read it. I think what he's read is Wikipedia, and he's read Arsenal's page. There's been an advert for some company called yeah, yeah. Square come but up. No, actually, <laughs> no, actually a sales company. Right, Lorna,
0: you've got three to tie. Got a good tiebreaker this week, um, which we'll do anyway. Uh, four to win. Your time starts now. Name one of the local teams that Flecky has managed, according to Wikipedia. Galston. Correct. (laughs) Who is is the last Arsenal footballer to win the Premier League Player of the Season award? Uh, Henri. Incorrect. Who beat Norwich in their first Wembley final in 1973? Uh, Aston Villa. Incorrect. Other than Rooney and Vardy, who else scored for England at the 2016 Euros, the one Iceland knocked us out of? Um... Uh, which Portuguese winger is one place above Paul Pogba in the all-time Man United goalscorer's list?
3: You've got to get that.
0: That's how you get the pass. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which club started life as small Heath Alliance? Uh, Man United. Incorrect. Who was the last <laughs> Arsenal footballer Heath. to win the Premier League Player of the Season award? September 2019, because you're struggling. Um, so he's the current reigning player of the season. Oh, come on. Correct. Uh, who beat Norwich in their first Wembley final in 1973? This for the tie. S- it's Tottenham. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, other than Rooney and Vardy, who scored for England? Oh, Welbeck. No. No, Sturridge. Uh, no. no. Uh, well, yes, but you can't have Sturridge. that. Which point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> because oh, because you, because because you, you got, got it wrong. When we go on to the next one, it's right. But in the same way that he had to wait <laughs> for Bristol City, they are the fucking rules. Oh, I really Sturridge. have you tie
3: break
1: now. I really do. But they, they are I the fucking rules. Wales. In the same way that Bristol Ain't City was. It. Wrong.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. But the point is, you <laughs> have to then go on to it. Can we have time out? Yeah.
1: The Tottenham one's wrong he said Stottenham um, there you go oh, speech impediment <laughs> that's what they started
2: live
0: <laughs> so um, yeah you got Pierre Emmerich well done uh, you got Tottenham in 73 Eric Dyer, Russia and Daniel Sturridge Wales which you did not get good, good. Uh, not within the rules <laughs> of the quiz um, you know you have to it's go through harsh. all five it's to get back harsh. again the, uh, he's just getting me that's back harsh, which, harsh. which oh, Portuguese harsh. winger is one place above Paul Pogba has it is nanny yeah shit Michael Jackson Ooh. Um, and then Birmingham, Birmingham City started as Small Heath Alliance. Who knew? Oh, I knew it even at Man United. Um, so, the tiebreaker, even which you actually do legitimately need, although I'm gonna we don't legitimately need it. We do. Go on. Well, we do. Well, it's my quiz. So.
3: Storage is right? <laughs> um,
0: but sure. Let's play it. If you, you see the right answer after the time.
3: So point. I tell
2: you what. That wasn't. But uh, it was before the time was up. It was passed. because his technicality. You, no, yeah. you hadn't passed. Should you you hadn't passed some some You chips? can't play you the game. Chinese yeah. chips. some Chinese chips. his coins. Right. The people's champion has <laughs> already been decided. let's see who's Tom's champion.
3: Oh fuck it! I don't know if you. I'm going <trying laughs> to go to. I'm
2: going
0: to go to you first, punk. If you add together all of Flecky's Rangers' goals with all of Flecky's Rangers' appearances, what number do you get?
1: I'm puzzled. So he played uh, a
0: certain number of times for Rangers and he scored a certain number of goals for Rangers. Add those two numbers together.
3: Okay, I'm going to go for... According
0: to a single internet source. 120. Uh, I need an exact number. (laughs) You're not giving them one or two, in between. No, no, no. They've got to go. I no, mean, no. Whoever's closest, but I'm not having higher or lower. It's yeah, got to yeah. be the exact number.
2: Um. One fifty.
0: Thomas Champion is punt. It's one one four. That's very close. One hundred twenty. One hundred uh, fourteen. Yeah, one hundred fourteen. So something, something like eighty nine appearances, and then it was around thirty goals or something like that. Around. No, I haven't written that bit right. down, but it adds up to 114. I think I remember the 89. You're, you're sore about it, but they are the rules and they've <laughs> always been the rules. <laughs> I'm not, not sore about Which is why you get punked doing things like answer, pass, 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 different answer, pass, 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 <laughs> different answer. I'm not so bad. Take
2: it seriously. You should have asked me when I made my debut and when I left. I didn't realise that I could. When did you make your debut? No idea <laughs> <laughs> that is all we've got time for please leave us a
0: review and a rating on wherever you get your podcasts because it helps more people hear our sweary rambling so far we're on 4.7 stars and no one has criticised the factual inaccuracies of the quiz uh, no one has said Lorne is their favourite so both Punt and I are satisfied with that thanks for listening enjoy the United game and mind how you go <laughs> Welcome to the Long Come Nourish Podcast, a fiery, frisky, forensic, fact finding fracas from the foot fire. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> 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 and now it takes a <laughs>
2: <sighs>
0: Welcome to the Long Come Nourish Podcast, a fiery, frisky, forensic, fact finding fracas-